0: every time
2: a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode was princess leia going to be the last jedi are there any hits at the box office this weekend and could there be a new number one tv network
1: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassman from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's again our destroyer of Cheetos for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out everything that he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and everything that he's doing today with his awesome book. Congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is
2: Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. Speaking of Cheetos, I'm learning the art of having to label things when you buy them from the grocery store. Because what do you mean? What do you mean? Because when you buy Cheetos and people eat them, but they're for you, so you have to keep buying more Cheetos. Thus, you have to go buy a label maker. So people know that they're your Cheetos. Like, I can't destroy Cheetos if I don't have any is the point I'm trying to make.
0: Well, I'm in a house of two daughters who have high metabolisms and just love to crunch and chew on pretty much anything that's in the fridge. So even if it's marked for me, you know what? They always come to you and say, Dad, can I? Uh, Go ahead, honey. You can have it. it.
2: Can't resist, yep. Can't
0: resist. Can't resist, the kid's asking. What can I say? But it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about when it concerns Star Wars, because we're going to be talking about Princess Leia and The Last Jedi, or as The Last Jedi, I should say. We'll be talking about that possibility that was once out there for the Star Wars universe coming up here in a few minutes, plus Jessica Boggs from the thetvratingsguide.com and her show, Jessica's Show, She's going to be stopping by with her November TV update, talking about all the broadcast networks, talking a little bit of cable, talking a little bit of streaming. Plus, also as well, we contemplate the numbers are trending in a different way than possibly the first time in many, many years. In fact, it may even be a first in that there's a certain network that could be a brand new number one broadcast network on television. The numbers are trending that way, and we'll talk more about that coming up here later on in the program. Plus also as well, Josh and I are going to be talking about some good stuff when it concerns a video game that could be the sleeper hit of the year. You may not know about it, but I really think if you're a PC gamer out there, you really should listen to what we have to say later on in the program as well. But my friend, there is a crowded, 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 jam-packed weekend of movies coming at the box office I mean, we've talked about before about movies and the streaming market and how movies are, you know, less and less movies seem to be coming out. But then we have weekends like this where there's not one, there's not two, but there's three movies that are coming out all with big aspirations this weekend at the box office. And in the middle of everything going on with Terminator Dark Fate and its disappointing performance, the Joker still riding high and could possibly become the first R-rated $1 billion movie of all time, plus also disappointments that are out there from Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Zombieland 2, Double Tap, that did okay. The Adams Family did okay. Harriet, the biographical movie based on the life of Harriet Tubman, that's doing pretty good at the box office, above expectations. So there's all these movies that are out already, but thrown into the fray are three new movies that are trying to vie for number one at the box office. I want to hear your thoughts first on Midway. I don't know if you remember the old 1970s movie that was based off the actual battle at Midway, but they had this old war movie back, like I said, in the early 70s and whatnot. It was a big blockbuster film at that point in time. Roland Emmerich, once again, after the disappointing returns from Independence Day resurgence, looking to see if he can find the same kind of magic with another big catastrophic type film where i believe it recreates the somewhat of pearl harbor and then also the battle at midway so i want to hear your thoughts on this star-studded cast going ahead and being a part of this movie a remake of midway
2: i'm actually kind of interested in this one because you don't really get a lot of war films anymore i know midway and there's 1911 is that the one coming out the world war one film so i'm excited about both of those like a midway kind of has like this Pearl Harbor vibe to it and I know it's kind of in the same vein as that film but like you don't get a lot of historical flicks anymore like you just don't like you you know back when like Saving Private Ryan came out you'd always have a movie every year like Braveheart, Gladiator whatever it might be you don't get a lot of movies like that so anytime something a a historical movie comes out I'm always really excited to watch it the fact that it's done by Roland Emmerich though makes me question is it going to have a story or is it going to be just a lot of things getting destroyed? So that's the only thing holding me back from maybe going to actually see this in the movie theaters. But other than that, like I, I'm interested. I do want to see it. Do you have feelings for or against it?
0: I mean, I saw the original 1970s movie and that point in time, it was, it was a disaster film. Obviously tried to recreate the events in a Hollywoodish fashion somewhat. There are some tropes in that particular film, at that point in time that you probably wouldn't recreate at this point in our movie and in our culture. But I don't know, man. I mean, you know, Roland Emmerich, if you're going to see it, it's probably best to see it in the form of a, of a theater because it's probably big, wide lensed, a lot of explosions, CGI. It probably doesn't do itself justice if you're seeing it on a smaller screen. So I'd say if you, if you are going to see it, probably see it at the theaters because if you see it on a smaller screen format, it probably just won't jive as well, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of Roland Emmerich stuff isn't meant to be seen. Like you said, it's not meant to be seen on the smaller screen, especially like with the explosion. I, I'm what kind of because is he one of the ones that uses like an actual uh, film camera still, or does he use or he does the IMAX lenses, right? I believe so,
0: yeah, because it, it looks like from the trailer that I see, it's pretty wide lenses, pretty you know, the, the land, it, it's just, it's it seems like it's very wide in the way it wants to go ahead and present its imaging. The cinematography itself poses itself to a lot of distance shots and things of that nature, even at CGI and all that, because the fact that I think you want to get a handle on this type of scope of battle that you're you're seeing as far as not only from the air, but the sea as well.
2: Yeah, it just, it feels like a very large scale film. I mean, i Like I said, like, I would like to go see it in the movie theaters. I don't know if I will get to, but it does have my interest. It is something that I would like to watch, you know, especially in this time where we don't get, you know, like I said, we don't get a lot of films like this anymore. So between this one and, you know, 1911, I do, there are two films that I am very much interested in.
0: 1917.
2: 1917. There are two films that I am very much interested in.
0: I think I'm more interested in 1917 because of the fact that World War One doesn't get as much coverage or hasn't over the course of our lifetimes, both yours and mine, in the history books. It really, I don't want to say it gets kind of forgotten about, but it's not presented very well or hasn't been presented very much, even thought of or even remembered as much as World War Two, which has been done so much in remembering what went on in that cataclysmic war and that cataclysmic battle worldwide. I would like to see what was going on in world war one a little bit more. So 1917 appeals to me a little bit more, even though it's from a British perspective, I'm not able to relate as much if that makes sense, because, you know, obviously that's, that's our, our listeners in the UK can relate to that more than they would midway, because that effectively deals more with, with American forces and things of that nature so I was still am more intrigued by seeing 1917 than Midway I don't know if I will catch Midway I'm kind of eh, on the fence about it I mean if I do feel like I'm in a mood and I want to see something like that maybe I'll go check it out it's getting eh not that great of reviews simply because of the fact it looks like a disaster movie type format the way it's structured I mean Erwin Allen, probably, if he was still alive today, would probably be a very envious of the type of scope that you could go ahead and recreate with CGI and all that. But I will say this, that it is, of the three new movies, the least expected to perform well at the box office. In fact, right now, it's being targeted right between $10 to $15 million, which would be a big disappointment. As you and I both know, that looks like that movie was very expensive to make. So it looks like another heavy loss for the movie studio. And I'm not even sure why you would green light that anyways over some other stuff that maybe would be done on a smaller scale, which would be not only more cost-effective, but might, on the slight chance, get a larger audience as well.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest
0: news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA... Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. There are two more movies coming out this weekend that we need to talk about. And one is, (laughs) we talked about Midway being a remake of the 1970s movie, and obviously based on the World War II battle that took place. Also this weekend is a movie somewhat to an extent based off of a song from the late George Michael and that is Last Christmas with a whole bunch of George Michael songs and and there's a new even a new George Michael song that has been released posthumously this week so it's very interesting if you're a George Michael fan I know Amelia Clark has been getting raised for her role but the movie as a whole's been deemed okay it's got that Love formula that I think a lot of people like to go ahead and see. It's a date movie type feel. Got a little bit of that holiday feel as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on Last Christmas. Do you think this is going to be a good tribute to the late George Michael? Do you think this is a proper tribute to his work? And do you think this is something that a lot of people will go see at the box office?
2: I was just actually just reading about this. And I heard that there's some kind of twist at the end that everyone keeps spoiling. And Amelia Clark was kind of like lashing out on social media about it i think it looks like a fun christmas movie we don't
0: she is not the person you want to get mad because she's got some dragons that can breathe fire on you
2: tell me about it. she's got a whole fan base too i'm sure on you know twitter would gladly rise to help her out if she needed it it's looks like one of those movies that it looks fun you know it's just a fun christmas movie and that's in you know in this in the holidays are so filled with hallmark movies and and cheesy kid movies for christmas it's nice to have see something that's maybe centered more towards adults, but not like, you know, in the raunchy uh, aspect of it, but just like something that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you take the family to, to go watch, check it out. It looks like a genuinely fun movie. It looks more st-
0: to me like a date movie.
2: It, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a holiday movie. And like, we don't, we don't get a lot of those that are considered good anymore. You know, like we had, what was the last one that came out that people really enjoyed was, if I remember correctly, it was Christmas with the Cranks or his Elf or something like that. Like, this movie looks like it might actually be memorable.
0: Even if it's okay, I think it fills a niche that hasn't been filled in a long time. And I just mentioned it, and that it's a date movie. Name me the last time you remember a good or, I guess, marketable date movie in quite some time.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, it, and it has a big star in there, Amelia Clark. I don't know much about the other actor, I know he's from Crazy Rich Asians.
0: That's correct. You're going to get to know him because he's going to be doing a lot of starring roles here in the near future.
2: Yeah. I mean, he looks like he can hold a role pretty well. And I'm just reading like headlines about the film. People seem to be enjoying it. So I'm assuming that it's going to be good. But you know, my question to you right here was, is, do you think that Christmas movies are things that are viable investments these days?
0: Well, it all depends. I have not seen the production budget for it, but if it's right around 40 to 50 million or under, I can say it's going to get a good return on its investment. I can tell you two reasons why. It's a date movie, once again, in an era where there's really not been any date movies in quite some time. And it's also an early release Christmas movie, which will still be there in theaters. So whether you like it or not, it's going to be in the movie theaters for quite some time, at least through the end of the year. So you're going to have it It's you know, as, as opposed to, let's say, Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate came out last week. It's already not doing very well it's already getting cut, it's already getting cut it's already being removed from theaters. by the time the end of the year happens it's already going to hit the budget screens. The same thing with Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep it may outperform last Christmas this week, but over the course of time this could be a situation where you have the same thing that went on with Hugh Jackman's film. remember Hugh Jackman's films with the musical that he did the greatest showman yes okay remember no, with yeah. the remember with the greatest showman. It had a decent opening, but it wasn't number one, but it kept on going. It kept on going and actually even rising a percentage, which is a rarity at the box office, and it stayed in week in, week out. We could see that same thing happening with Last Christmas because it is a film based in this time of the year, and it could be something that could have legs for the next six, seven, eight weeks because of the fact that it is a traditional holiday type film, has a mixture of something that maybe adults want to see, especially if they're on a date night. So, And also the fact that for millennials and even older individuals such as myself that remember the work of George Michael, maybe those individuals want to see it for just that purpose alone. So I think that movie, even if it doesn't hit number one, which is not expected to this week domestically, will still have long legs over the course of time. And by the end of the year, you could see it, turning a decent little profit at that.
2: Okay, so that being said, like the whole George Michael thing, do you think that it's going to be like something that could be considered pop culture, you know, something in, in that realm?
0: Well, I, a little bit, but again, uh, you know, it's based loosely off the, his work and his his music is being featured in the film. So be that as it may, it does have his influence. serious XM is, is, is doing a limited time George Michael channel with the stars of the movie commenting on his work, of course, to promote the movie that's currently coming out to theaters this weekend. So it's all tying in with each other. To me, it seems like it's going to be because the fact that it's got all these, you know, check off the box type deals. I think it's going to be a movie that has legs. I don't think it's going to be a super hit by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's going to be a little profit maker when all is said and done. And I actually should have said four movies that are coming out this weekend because John Cena has a movie coming out, Playing With Fire, but not much is expected from this film. It is sort of also a kid-centric film that is coming out, supposed to be playing towards the kids, supposed to be like a comedy and all that, but it's not faring well with critics. They have tried to market it somewhat successfully, but it doesn't look like it's going to go ahead and be something that will stay with a lot of people. In fact, it looks like it's being earmarked for an under $10 million domestic debut this weekend, which is not going to be suiting very well for John Cena's status as a leading man going forward. So playing with fire is something that maybe is just something that if you watch it, you might get burnt yourself. And last but not least, you've got the movie that a lot of people are expecting to be number one at the box office, and that is a spiritual successor to The Shining. And that is Dr. Sleep with Ian McGregor. No, sorry, it's not Obi-Wan Kenobi this time, but it is Ian McGregor. So I want to ask you this, Dr. Sleep, it's getting okay reviews as well, but I want to hear your thoughts. This is another Stephen King adaptation. Is this something that you're interested in because you are a Stephen King fan? I want to know if you're excited about seeing a movie that could possibly be a spiritual successor, especially with Ian McGregor playing Danny who was the son in the film The Shining? And also they returned to the location and the hotel in The Shining at various points of time of the film. So I want to hear your thoughts on Doctor Sleep and his possibilities going forward as you know, maybe even breaking out and becoming a decent hit.
2: I don't know. Is he Obi-Wan though? Because he does have powers in this movie. So Ooh. I don't know. I just I don't know if Disney's doing a little cross pollinating, if you know what I mean. I'm interested. I my like I keep I was thinking about this today, like is this gonna be another Blade Runner 2049 or is it gonna be another Terminator, Dark Fate? because while Stephen King is incredibly relevant right now, it's the sequel to a movie that came out what 30 plus years ago.
0: But they're not entirely banking on the nostalgia. They don't I mean they're 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 saying that it is, but they're not overtly saying that it is like Terminator. Like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, they're not totally banking on that concept. In fact, when you see the commercials, you wouldn't know it was. It's just in the. It's just as far as the reviews and the articles leading up to it, and the interviews that they say, yeah, this is what happened. It's based a little bit from the events of the Shining and whatnot. But when you're looking at the commercials, you know if you've never seen the Shining, you know you would never know it's it's leading in from the events of the Shining.
2: Okay, so if they were clear about that and it not saying, you know, not directly tying it to the shining and the marketing materials, I think it could do very well. I haven't seen a lot of trailers, so I don't know if like movies just aren't being marketed very well these days, but it's a movie that it has interested me, you know, just from like the, the posters and the things I've seen. And, you know, I've read a little bit of Dr. Sleep is one of those books I never got around to finishing, but I was, I was made curious by it. And I'm sure like seeing that in, movie form would be cool it's the thing with dr uh, sorry stephen king movies is they're usually very long so it's just it i'm looking at this one it's like two and a half hours so i'm just wondering like with a running time like that and you know just based on the fact that it's a book that people have read obviously but it's not going to appeal to younger crowds if that makes sense like the the crowds who go to see horror movies do they even know that it's a horror movie I think they know it's a horror
0: movie if, if they've seen the trailers, because it does give that sense with the, the creepiness and the scare factor a little bit. How much to an extent, I'm not quite sure, because even in the imagery, yeah, it does point to the same hallways as was shown in The Shining and the hotel and all that. But you know, if you've never seen The Shining, you would not know it was relating to The Shining unless you actually go see the film. So I guess they're kind of like loosely dropping hints as far as the marketing material is, but they're not overtly saying it, which I think is a a pretty good thing because they've seen what happened with Blade Runner 2049, which didn't quite meet up to expectations financially, even though the movie was, again, so brilliant, as we always say. And then you had Terminator Dark Fate, which it even had okay reviews, still tanked at the box office. So I think they're not hedging their bets all in one place like those other two films did. So that could be a good sign that, that there will be maybe some love for this film, how much i'm not quite sure i mean most analysts are predicting right around 20 to 25 million so we'll have to wait and see how
2: well it does yeah we'll have to we'll wait and see i i would like to watch it you know it's again i don't have as much time to see movies these days as i used to but it is something that i will be placing on my list of movies to
0: view sounds good to me my friend and i know a lot of people out there are looking forward to a great weekend at the box office what movie are you going to check out this weekend we'd love to hear your thoughts PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, before we head to the break, I want to ask you this in regards to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This week in speaking to Yahoo Entertainment, the brother of Carrie Fisher noted that J.J. Abrams' original intent, while the late Carrie Fisher was still alive, was to have her Be the actual Last Jedi. So I want to hear your thoughts if that would have been the scenario that played itself out. But unfortunately, due to her untimely death, it could not play out that way. So I want to hear your thoughts if Carrie Fisher had it all played out like it should, should have been the Last Jedi.
2: Okay, yes. I think that that would have been cool to see. It feels like they're building up towards that in The Last Jedi with Carrie Fisher floating out in space, right? They said, you're just getting a glimpse of her force power right there. I feel like they were going to build more on that though to what extent I don't know. you know obviously with Luke dying, there wasn't a lot of training that could have happened. but there was a there was I feel like there there was an arc that was forming there. and I don't think they got to fully realize what that arc was or where it was going. I think that there was the development of a story arc that they were leading into with Leia and the force but I don't think that it got to be fully realized after her death. So I know they're using you know, unused scenes from her to kind of finish out her arc, but I feel like there's someplace more that they wanted to go with that that we will never get to see.
0: I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I think there was a certain area that they wanted to go ahead and travel into that would round out the trilogy or this trilogy and even the whole nine-story arc probably very well. I think J.J. Abrams had that in mind. So her untimely death left Lucasfilm, J.J. Abrams, and the whole Star Wars universe a little bit up in space, so to speak, at this point. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they will go ahead and find a good alternative. I mean, they must have a good alternative because they are, well, at least in their own minds anyways, because they are coming out with the film here on December 20th. So I ask you, do you think or do you have faith or do you have hope using the pun right there from Star Wars. Do you have hope that they will find the magic and find the force to bring out a ending that could be as well or almost as good as what could have been planned out with Carrie Fisher had she still been
2: alive. It's a good question. You know, I look at it this way like so I'm reading with my eighth grade class, The Princess of Mars. And in that, I see a lot of things that influence certain scenes from Return of the Jedi. But this Star Wars is not really drawing. I noticed about this trilogy, they're not really drawing on any influences. They're kind of making it up as they go. And it for The Force Awakens, it was really good. But with this last movie, and you know, back to your question about Princess Leia, like, they're trying to do her a service by ending her arc in a respectful way. But the movie as a whole, it doesn't really seem like it's got a lot of things to draw on except for old Star Wars mythology. You know, Back when Star Wars was new, it had all these different things to draw inspiration from, but this new one seems to be kind of drifting a little bit. So my hope would be that both the ending of this Star Wars film, as well as Carrie Fisher's ending in the franchise is wrapped up in a way that is memorable and fans will walk out of the movie theaters I mean, maybe you won't recapture the magic of Return of the Jedi, but still like feeling good about what they spent the last years watching.
0: I hope so, my friend. I hope it will be worthwhile. I've already got my tickets for it. I know you're very interested in going, checking out Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, when it hits theaters the weekend of December the 20th. I do want to say if everybody out there, give it a chance. I know The Last Jedi left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I know the death of Carrie Fisher has hit hard with a lot of people out there, including us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Reading the interview that took place this week with Carrie Fisher's brother, it, it was nice to see that they did have great plans to have her as a central focus as The Last Jedi in the Star Wars series for this nine-story arc. It would have been an awesome way to finish and complete this whole story uh, Star Wars mission. But at this point in time, we're going to go ahead with plan B and hopefully with J.J. Abrams behind the director's chair, it could be a good enough plan B to make everybody happy. And hopefully it will continue to provide more good feelings after what's taken place over the past few years that have been up and down in concerning the Star Wars universe. So I'm hopeful for a good ending that will satisfy the majority. It's not going to satisfy everybody because... As we've seen with The Last Jedi, there are a lot of people out there ready to go ahead and spout off on the Star Wars universe. But I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that there will be a good ending to the Star Wars saga and that the Skywalker saga will get the justification it deserves. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker when it concerns Princess Leia? Were you disappointed when you read the comments by her brother that she was going to be earmarked for being the last Jedi? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is our good friend Jessica Box from the TV Ratings Guide.com and Jessica Show. She's going to be coming up right after the break with her November TV update. And we're going to go ahead and project out a possible winner in the broadcast ratings. And there could be a new number one in the battle between nbc abc cbs and fox all that and more coming up right after the break this is the pcc multiverse
1: get ready for kitty origins evolutions the latest documentary from rob mccallum Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from robmccallumfilms.com. robmccallumfilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching.
0: Gerald Glass, we're coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Tell you what, it's that time of the month again for us. It's just a big time for another TV update because uh, there's a little bit more weeding out when it comes to the shows, which ones are performing well and which ones are not. And here today to talk about all the great stuff that's going on in the TV world is our good friend. She's the host of Jessica's show and also a big time writer, for the tvratingsguide.com you got to check out both today jessica's show which covers a whole bunch of the pop culture and entertainment realm plus a lot of television news that you can go ahead and check out each and every week on every major podcast format and also as well her stuff her original work that's done each and every week as well on the tvratingsguide.com it is my good friend it is jessica box jessica happy november
3: Oh, yes. It's going to probably be Thanksgiving before you know it.
0: Before you know it. Before you know it, indeed. But there is a lot to talk about when it comes to what's going on in the world of television. We're starting to finally see, after all the new shows debuted and and all the shows that that were here already, but still starting to see some patterns forming, so to speak. And I want to hear your thoughts first, of course, when it concerns the television world. I do wanna go ahead and start off with the old standard broadcast networks because with all the viewing and all the watching that's going on that's you know being moved over to streaming and cable and other platforms, the numbers are down even more, seem to be going down each and every year, but there's still some signs of activity at the level of broadcast, so I wanna hear your thoughts on first what's going on at ABC.
3: Well, it looks like while the good doctor is still pulling fractional ratings. Today's C3C7 report shows that it still has a strong audience, both in delayed and in the C3C7 metric. So it's not doing as bad as it probably could have been, but considering the state of ABC right now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And ABC probably has bigger fish to fry.
0: That's true, but there are some shows that you listed that are of note to people. I know one that I've noted is Stumptown, which you said has some activity on it. It may not be what people want to hear but still, with them, you also have to consider they're one of the shows that are the most highly rated when it comes to the C3, C7 market. And when we say C3, C7, that means three days after airing, seven days after airing.
3: Well, yeah, it was nowhere to be found on today's list on top 25. But we did know that a couple of weeks ago, we did see Stumptown did get pretty good numbers on the. The live three and the live seven metric still doing pretty mad, but it did get enough to do a back order of five more episodes. Well, most people would say that it's a negative indicator of renewal. I'm guessing that it would probably mean that there's scheduling and actor availability. That's what happened with The Rookie last season and. It's happening again this season because of Nathan Fillion.
0: But you've got a couple of shows that you wanted to talk about. I mean, Dancing with the Stars, they don't have the numbers that they once did, but still, they're a show that I think still is is one of the shows that, that ABC likes to fall back on. America's Funniest Home Videos. I still can't believe that show is on the air.
3: Speaking of America's Funniest Home Videos, like, Sunday Nights was at a point 0.9 and the bump did not translate to the rest of the shows. The rest of the shows got point 0.6, point 0.6, and then the rookies point
0: 0.5. I'm telling you right now, America's Funniest Home Videos is close, gotta be close to a record year of number years or something like that for that type of show. It's just amazing that it's still on the air. But the Dancing with the Stars, I want to know a little bit more Dancing with the Stars because that has been a show that ABC has tried to put a lot of emphasis on. You have reported a lot of major cutbacks within the show internally, but still it's a show that ABC is trying to rely on to, like you said before with other shows, try to provide a bump for other programming.
3: Well, this year it's been doing pretty steady, not as bad as last year, but steady in this ratings climate steady is pretty much a good thing it had a good week last week with a 0.9 and it did a 0.8 this week too so it's been doing steady for the most part it has not dropped to a brandy new of a 0.6 but it's stayed pretty much at 0.8 or 0.9 for the entire run this past season
0: What's going on with CBS? Because I know this is something you and I have always talked about in regards to their straight line programming, but they've made a couple of tweaks and changes, thrown up some little things here and there. Evil is a show that they wouldn't normally have put on the air in the past, and that has done very well for them. So I want to hear your thoughts on Evil and some of the other programming at CBS.
3: Well, Evil is designed as a 13-episode season, and CBS immediately renewed it after its performance at 10 p.m., which is doing okay and somewhat solid, but not exactly setting the ratings world on fire, but enough for it to do a second season. In addition, Bob Hart's Abishola got a back nine-episode order just like the new legal drama, All Rise, Both of these numbers are getting borderline ratings, like 0.7, 0.8. i rise sometimes at 0.6, but they now have 22 episode seasons. Thursday night comedies, The Unicorn, and Carol's second act only got five extra episodes for a total of 18 episodes. This may be a negative indicator for renewal, but we do have some comedies on the bench that cbs is getting ready to premiere in the spring both comedies are doing around the same on thursday night as many of the monday shows like 0.6 0.7 but as it looks like right now the monday night is doing a little bit better than thursday oh how far the mighty have fallen
0: oh, how far the mighty have fallen indeed. But there's still stuff to talk about when it comes to the broadcast networks. And the one I want to talk about now is NBC. So I want to hear your thoughts, Jessica, on NBC, because they have had the success in the past recently with This Is Us, for all intents and purposes, the past couple of years moved up to being the number one network on broadcast television. And that's something I want to ask you right now. Well, actually, you know what, go ahead, give me a report on NBC first, and then we'll go ahead and talk about their status as the number one, as opposed to another network. We'll save that for conversation for last, but can you give us an update what's going on with NBC?
3: Well, the voice is dropping like flies, but not exactly at a collapse level, but Both of them hit new series lows on Tuesday with one of them getting a 1.2 and the other one getting a 1.4. Chicago is doing steady. It's chugging along, doing pretty well still. Med beat Grey's Anatomy for the second time this week with a 1.2. And Med has beat Grey's Anatomy one other time when they did the Chicago crossover. And... NBC has already made caps and cuts. Perfect Harmony is capped at 13 episodes, but we don't expect it to last that long. And Sunnyside was already pulled from the schedule.
0: One thing I do want to ask you when it concerns NBC is because we stated the fact that it has been the number one network the past couple of years Do you see a transition going on right now? Because you mentioned in your notes to me that there could be a transition going forward in the near future about another network becoming the number one network on broadcast television.
3: NBC. I feel like this is going to be turning into number two because Fox right now is hitting on all cylinders right now. And speaking of Fox, You get The mass Singer doing well, and then you have Prodigal Son, which is still a pretty good C3, C7 getter, and a delayed getter as well, even if the live numbers are borderline right now. Fox already cut Almost Family, capped it at 13 episodes, because there are more dramas on the bench.
0: So there looks to be a change possibly on the horizon as far as the overall number one network on broadcast television, and it looks to be coming from Fox. The journey for Fox has been a long one from a fledgling network to what we see nowadays. So it's kind of a good thing to see their perseverance is now finally paying off. They're finally going ahead and not only competing at a level that's consistent with the other three big networks, but they're now... Possibly, maybe, could be on top when everything is said and done and the numbers finally roll in for the entire season.
3: So, yeah, Fox is likely to be number one because they also have the Super Bowl in addition this year.
0: Always helps to have the big game. All right, we talked about ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. We're coming to it. Your favorite network but not mine and not a lot of other people's as well because of the ratings. That's what I see It's the CW, but I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with everything at the CW.
3: So Batwoman and Nancy drew both got picked up for a fullback orders, just like dynasty did and charmed did last season, which is no surprise. This is more of like a positive indicator for renewal and I'm thinking also the ratings are because they are so low that CW is thinking about, okay, this is irrelevant now. But at the expense of other shows, now the number one show currently has hit a new low of a 0.4. I don't see how that's good for CW, to be quite honest.
0: Once again, I'm talking to my good friend, Jessica Box with her November TV update. You gotta check out what she's doing today at the TVratingsguide.com. Plus, also as well, check out her weekly podcast, Jessica's show, covering the entertainment, world, pop culture, and even more every week on virtually every major podcast format.
3: All 10 anchor-supported platforms, as well as Pod Bay and Castbox.
0: Plus the major one, Apple Podcasts. So if you got Apple Podcasts, go ahead, check out her show. Leave that five-star review also as well. Give her a sign of encouragement that she's doing awesome as far as her show is concerned. And then of course you go ahead, subscribe. So you get the latest pop culture and television news each and every week on Jessica's show as well. How about that for a promo? Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Just trying to help out a fellow podcaster there. There's still a lot of great stuff to talk about in the realm of television, but one last thing I want to ask you and that is what's going on in the world of cable because there are still some major shows which a lot of people still look towards to as moving the needle, you know, bringing in the numbers. I know AMC, I know FX, there's still channels which a lot of people tune into. So I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on in the world of cable.
3: Well, it looks like also, according to the Live 7 ratings, you see that American Horror Story nearly tripled in the ratings as well as The Walking Dead going up a few numbers with a gain of 68%.
0: That's a very encouraging sign because we have only seen a major downward trend. You and I have discussed it. I've discussed it at length with Daphne Matthew of The Walking Dead fan base. So that is definitely an encouraging sign for those fans of The Walking Dead.
3: It definitely is. But then again, that's only like a 68% gain, even with the downward trend overall. But I'm guessing a lot of these viewers are switching over to delayed viewing and in streaming. But she's
0: also mentioned that the fact that AMC offers, if you buy their service, that you can see the show a day ahead of time, that might play into a factor as well.
3: I agree. then we also have... What we call the wrestling wars, where you have Monday Night Raw apparently taking the crown over other two wrestling shows on cable.
0: Yes, they do have NXT, their own brand NXT, on Wednesdays competing against All Elite Wrestling. Now, mind you, All Elite Wrestling, being that they're just a startup organization, anything is really a positive for them. They are beating NXT each and every week on Wednesdays, if if I'm not mistaken, still to this point in time. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. As of last week, even though the numbers were down a little bit, so was NXT. It's going to probably go up this coming week.
0: That's a good sign, hopefully, for both those organizations as they move forward with their shows on Wednesday. With Raw, the, the ever- lasting show that has been for so many years their numbers have been dwindling over the past few years but they are still one of usa's if not usa's marquee show that they rely upon each and every week so how are the numbers trending so far this season for raw
3: so far it's pretty steady sometimes it goes up sometimes it's down but overall it's pretty steady in the 0.7.8 range though so not too bad Although SmackDown is doing a little bit better with the 2.5, almost 3 million range. And apparently-
0: It it took a hard hit after the first week, which was natural. I mean, you don't have The Rock and all the other celebrities that were on each and every week. So it was just basically left up the programming. I do know the NXT stars were there last week on SmackDown on Fox, which actually gave them a little bit of a bump up.
3: It is up from the, the one-time Fox Sports 1 airing. The Fox Sports 1 airing got like a 0.29, and that was due to the World Series. It shot back up to a 0.8.
0: But i tell you what, it's still interesting to see how this is all playing out when the NXT, which is, well, basically it's their developmental, for lack of a better term, organization that they have something that it will continue to watch over the coming weeks as far as the battle on Wednesdays between All Elite Wrestling and NXT. All Elite Wrestling is still doing right around a million viewers, if I remember correctly. So I think that's a positive for them going forward. I think TNT is happy if it stays right around a million or it goes back up to what 1.3, 1.4 that it was before. So, So hopefully that'll remain the case and hopefully we'll see more great things to come in the world of wrestling. But my friend... I got to talk to you about some good things going on with the world of streaming with Disney plus right around the corner. At the time we're speaking, there's a lot of streaming options for you out there.
3: There what? are a lot of good streaming options out there. I'm personally still undecided on streaming service at the moment. Cause I still have basic cable and I usually do not watch streaming services or do not subscribe to them as much as I would like to.
0: But you're interested, aren't you? I mean, as an individual out there, like many others who are now, have been influxed with a a ton of streaming service options out there. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm just going right here. Netflix, CBS All Access, Peacock is on the way. HBO Max is on the way. Universal's got something coming up. You've got Disney Plus coming out on the 12th of November. You've got so many other different options that are out there. I mean... How do you go ahead and disseminate through it all to find out exactly which one or which ones that you would eventually be interested in?
3: I'm thinking also it would probably be the price point per month, but either way, this cost of streaming will probably far outweigh basic cable per month. It's still a whole lot cheaper per month if you pay for like a bundle of like streaming services versus. Paying your basic cable bill, generally.
0: But do you have any in mind that you're looking towards to?
3: I'm looking to see how Disney Plus does versus all the other streaming services. I'm not really sure if it's going to get to a Netflix big part anytime soon. It's still too soon to think. Plus, there's also try the first episode free from Apple tv plus so it's still interesting to see how the competition plays out
0: it is indeed it's it's interesting to see how it will play out over the next 12 18 months even next two three five years the head of hbo max recently talked about how they were going to go ahead by 2025 have over 50 million subscribers alone here domestically and talking about another 30 to 45 million on top of that worldwide so very interesting to see how this will all play out i know there's a lot of speculation of what's going on who's going to choose what and where because you have those streaming services which are pricing themselves high like hbo max which will be out at 15 dollars a month when it finally comes out of april 2020 then you have others like disney plus apple plus and some others that are pricing themselves a little bit lower more affordable at least initially We all know the truth as far as rates will go up with those services once they get more programming or once they get a larger subscriber base. We all know that that's impending, but at least initially you'll see some of those streaming services offer a lower price point to get people and entice people to come in to watch that. So it is very interesting to see the strategies being laid out by all these streaming services. And I just appreciate you elaborating on it. One last thing before we go you got to tell me what's going on with your show, Jessica's show, and also what kind of work are you doing right now for the tvratingsguide.com and why should they check out the tvratingsguide.com?
3: With Jessica's show, it's available weekly through many of the major podcast networks including Apple Podcast as well as now Stitcher Radio and Spotify and Google Podcasts if you have Android phones. So I basically talk about broadcasting cable, like as it goes week for week, as well as some other topics. This past week, I was talking about the Halloween episode that was two weeks ago. Plus, also I did a poetry reading, and I've read the latest episode of Network, which is available Sundays on TV Ratings Guide, and that's usually posted at 8 p.m. As well as Writer's Block on thursdays at 8 p.m i also do the fox renew cancel and cw renew cancel articles to see which shows are going to be renewed and which shows are going to be canceled so far it's just like so far it's one and one because we don't know about bless the hearts they've renewed it too soon even though it's low rated but it's okay i'm guessing they're ramping up on animated
0: I'm guessing they are as well, because Fox, like you said, is doing rather well in the ratings and eventually could end up number one for what could be foreseeably, I don't know if it's the first time ever, but it's certainly the first time in a long time for Fox. My friend, it's been great talking to you. Again, everybody out there, check out her show, Jessica's show, on every major podcast format, especially give her a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to it if you can, plus also the work that she's doing and all the other great writers there at thetvratingsguide.com with all their original programming, the reviews, the updates, the renew-cancel indexes, and so much more. Next month, we got to be talking about what shows are already kicked to the curb and what are already just on their way out when it concerns the shows, because by then in December, we're going to find out exactly who's going to be in and who's going to be out most likely.
3: And so we probably would say CW renewing everything.
0: (laughs) Possibly another Christmas present for every one of those shows. Indeed. My friend, it's been awesome talking to you. I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time each and every month to speak to us right here
1: and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is PCC Multiverse. If you need a listing, we're at because we're being played all around the world seven days a week on radio stations worldwide. You can see our listing today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you'll also see a listing of many of our over 30 different podcast options as well. My friend, I know you got a lot of great things going on with Topic Ocalypse. I want to hear about that, but also as well, how can people get a hold of your awesome book? Congratulations, you suck.
2: Topicocalypse. You can check out our Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcast page. We're on Spotify and Anchor.fm and a few other places. So you can check that out. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. As for the book, you can pick up a copy on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, Powell's Books, and a few other secondhand booksellers. I would appreciate it if you got a copy. Left a review on Amazon and tell your friends.
0: And then also, please send in your list of your top 10 favorite films in order Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Humanity Media, all on social media or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And a big thank you to Jessica Boggs from the thetvradingsguide.com for her November TV update. Well, my friend, before we head on out, I wanted to tell you about a little game on the PC, and normally you are our PC gamers per se, but this might change that, because this inventive thriller that's just been released is getting rave reviews, some of the best reviews of the year, and it's got also the coolest name of the year for a video game, and that's Disco Elysium. Have you had a chance to check out any footage, any type of info, or any type of reviews When it comes to Disco Elysium, because I sure have, and I must say, I am
2: impressed. So it's a top-down game.
0: It has a lot of similarities to Dungeons & Dragons, per se, but it's also a psychological thriller, and an investigative thriller. Not only are you researching and trying to go ahead and uncover a mystery, but you're also trying to uncover a lot of things going on in your mind as well.
2: Would you call it like a roguelite meets Bioshock?
0: Maybe, because it is a kind of uh, different city that they're traveling through and that you go ahead and you wander through. It's about a 30-hour adventure, per se. That's a long
2: time for an indie game.
0: Yeah, and it does have elements of point and click. It does have elements of RPG. The biggest thing about it is just the story itself and the writing is so good. A lot of people are really getting sucked in by that part alone. And that to me is, I think, is what's driving these awesome reviews and so much acclaim for what is considered a smaller independent game that I think would have just gone under the radar, would have just gone straight to the bargain bin had it not been for these outstanding reviews. And, and just GameSpot, IGN, you see 9.5s, 9.6, 10s that are being thrown its way. So the word's out right now, Disco Elysium. If you're a PC gamer... Disco Elysium could be the game of the year as far as from that format. I'm just hoping it gets to consoles, but I may actually go ahead and break down and might find on PC myself.
2: Yeah, it's, it's looking good. I didn't even know this was a thing. I actually want to thank you for sending this across my desk.
0: No problem, my friend. But yes, it is getting rave reviews. It is Disco Elysium. And if anybody out there is interested in a different game that goes ahead and delves into a lot of things that Maybe a lot of us gamers don't normally do because we're all focused on the third person shooter, the first person shooter, adventure games. It must be something that's very short. Our time is valuable. We get all that. But here's a little game that's getting huge reviews across the board. A lot of people are just absolutely loving it. So if it's going to be one of the games of the year that a lot of these publications there are saying, it gets my interest and hopefully it gets a lot of other gamers' interest as well. Because... Little independent games like that, when they get noticed, they need to be supported.
2: Yeah, I mean, because we want to eventually see indie games become the same quality as AAA A And It looks like we're starting to get that with the games like Disco Elysium. So yeah, the more support we give, the more these companies are able to do. We want to see the little guys become the big guys. We want them to become the next generation of game makers.
0: And it's always so great to see a game that's getting publicity for its greatness, especially if it's a smaller game. We see all these AAA games that are backed by huge promotional budgets they are on TV as far as the commercials, huge cutscenes that are shown on television, videos just going left and right on YouTube, paying off streamers to go ahead and tout their wares and all that good stuff. We see it all the time. We hear it all the time and all that. These outlets spend countless amounts of minutes going ahead and previewing their games as opposed to maybe a Disco Elysium. But then every now and then a shining light comes along as far as an independent game is concerned. And that shining light for 2019 looks to be Disco Elysium. So yes, it is a PC game. So I know a lot of people are apprehensive about that. But if you're interested at all, please look into Disco Elysium because I think you'll be glad you did. What are your thoughts out there on Disco Elysium? Have you had a chance to play it yet? Are you intrigued at all the good word and good pub that it has right now? And are you hoping it goes to console, too, like we do? Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture cosmos, and Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot wait to talk more great stuff on Monday, including all the things going on in the streaming world, because you and I are going to have a special on the streaming outlets. We're going to share our thoughts in depth. We're going to break down as much as we can in the course of what the time we have for the PopCultureCosmos, because Disney Plus is on the way next week but you also mentioned you wanted to go ahead and touch on some music as well.
2: Yes, metalcore band Norma Jean has a new album out and I would like to discuss that album and why it has not made the billboard charts this time.
0: Well, that we're gonna talk about all on Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend?
2: I think we're good today.
0: One thing you always have, my friend, is a lot of thoughts, that's for sure. So for Josh Peterson, a.k.a. the Destroyer of Cheetos, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
3: You're listening to Nerdlanda.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Master Blazer and Walt Hitman from Atlanta, Atlanta Roller Derby. Hey, what's up? It's Mike, Brian, Brian Eric, Eric, and Brandon, Brandon from Roblox Party. Party. Hey, what's up? This is Catherine Barcinistas from the nerdy food blog, thegluttonousgeek.com. Hey. This is Rory, a.k.a. Catlanta. It's Atlanta's only live nerdy podcast available now on the ESO Network. Hey, that's That's
0: pretty pretty good. Good. We We are in in Atlanta. Atlanta. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon... Or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound
0: Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com
1: Thanks so much for downloading the Pop
3: Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.